Hi, this is Ziggy Berkeley, and you are listening to yet another awesome podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network. And hey, when you're done here, if you like James Bond 007, why not check out my podcast, Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, with new episodes dropping every other Monday on The Fern. And if you're really into James Bond, you can enter the Dial a Henchman Contest. Want to know more? Go to hermajestyspod.com slash contest and you could win something from the James Bond 007 universe. Meanwhile, enjoy the show. Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eye Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 37 and is being recorded on April 4th, 2014. Today's topic, Federation slash Starfleet First Contacts. I'm Marty. I'm Aaron. I'm Eric. And I'm Ashley. This episode is brought to you by Raven Designs. Illustrations and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Marty Reed's line. Okay, (laughs) Shut up. Wow. Reed's line. So hostile. So how's everyone doing this week? It's been a week. Indeed it has. For me, it's been a while. It's been a while. Marty hasn't been on in, like, a month. Ten episodes. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been, it's like, been a long episodes. road. Something like that. Yeah. Getting from there to here. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Enterprise. There's a tear to my eye every time. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, too, for different reasons. Oh. Uh. So guess who I got is my, my captain, who I would be. Who? I got Kirk from the new, the J.J. verse. Interesting. But Chris got Janeway. What are we talking about? Uh, Who you would be as a captain? Was this like an online quiz or something? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, you did. Oh, uh, when we did, well, when I did the uh, Star Trek quiz for the characters, I got Will Wheaton. <laughs> what? Will Wheaton? <laughs> Will I'm sorry. You got Will? Okay. But actually, we have uh, quite a bit of Will Wheaton news. Yes. Speaking of which, Ashley, how do you look in a Will Wheaton uh, cadet uniform? Uh, I don't know. I haven't tried. What would you like to find out? Oh, my. So, Will Wheaton appeared Mm-mm. on the... It's, it's Will. Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, appeared on the most recent episode of The Big Bang Theory entitled The Indecision um, um, now, amalgamation. Amalgamation. Mouthful there. Which uh, did? Do any of you watch the Big Bang Theory? I I do watch the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. I catch it every now and then. I'm not a regular watcher. Watch it you don't watch it live. No. Yeah. So you've never been in studio audience. No, I mean like when it's playing new on what NBC, CBS. I don't know which one it's on. Right. CBS. CBS. I don't even watch those channels anymore. I watch like history, you know, Hitler all the time. Or oh god, ancient aliens. <laughs> I love that how that's on the History Channel. There's yeah. another one called what H two. Yes. There's one I watch called uh, Hangar One. I want to say. What is it? Hangar One. And it's about alien Ooh. things. 
alien thing. If you believe in that. So, did you guys watch this episode? I know I didn't. No, I did not see this episode. I didn't either. I'm sure he was great in it, though. Because he's Will. He's playing himself, so... Oh, what better than... I mean, I've seen episodes where he's been in Big Bang Theory, and he's pretty funny. Yeah, I I remember there was one where he was bowling against the other guys. Yes. And they had Wesley Crushers. Yeah, Wesley. But I was like, oh, it's like you're fans of him and not crushing Wesley. Okay. It was a riveting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is a riveting topic. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on to more Will Wheaton news. Will Wheaton has announced his new television series on the sci-fi channel called The Will Wheaton Project. Isn't that a housing pro... Uh, a housing, a housing <laughs> no, no, oh, no, that, that's, that's Kirk. <laughs> That's yeah, like the, the Shatner project, I think. It says um, it's a weekly 30-minute show where Will Whedon will provide his insider point of view, sense of humor, and expertise as he dissects the week's most popular and trending topics across sci-fi film, television, and pop culture, as well as video games, viral videos, and news. Can I ask you where he gets his expertise? I mean, I know he was on Star because Trek. he's because oh, he's oh, been oh. a nerd for all of his life. I know, he's like a professional nerd. Well, yeah. So I mean, eh, I don't have sci-fi, so I won't be watching the show. It sounds interesting, though. I if you have sci-fi, I encourage you to watch it. As Marty shakes his head, no, he's anti Will Wheaton. I'm not anti Will Wheaton. He's like Sheldon. No. From Big Bang Theory. With his hatred for Will Wheaton. Way to tie that all together. I try. ThinkGeek was added again this year with their April Fool's products. This year they had two Star Trek products. First was the Rosetta Stone to learn to speak Klingon, and an Enterprise Frisbee that included the secondary hall. <laughs> yeah, so the... If, have you, did you see this? Yes. I saw the video for uh, Michael Dorn. Yeah. That was hilarious. I think they should really do it. I think they should, too. Maybe, well, ThinkGeek has a history of making their April Fool's jokes yeah. a reality. Yeah. So... But the Frisbee. Don't you guys see a little problem with it being a Frisbee? Well, exactly. Well, end on it. It's going to pull itself out. The description was great. It was like the the disc will spin, and then the secondary hull stabilizes behind it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they had a little uh, gif that was going around where it, was, it showed the saucer spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like their, I like their tagline. It's the most fun you can have without anti-gravity, a bottle of Saurian brandy, and four triples. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. And who doesn't love triples? Oh, I love triples. Did you uh, see the other <laughs> April Fool's jokes? No. I tried to stay away from that day as much as possible. Well, from ThinkGeek. No. Oh, yeah. Um, one of my friends is really big into Nerf, and so I saw that, that Nerf like photo or that Nerf <laughs> nuclear bomb thing yeah. and where it goes in all directions. I, I want that so badly. I hope they actually make it. That is epic, and it has like a launcher too. That launch, yeah, that, like... and then it explodes in all directions. I so want that. If they make it, I will buy yeah. it. Anything exploding, I don't care how soft it is, it's gonna hurt you. It's a nerf thing. Nerf it's, it's nerf or nothing. 
There you go. And he's a nerf herder. And there, <laughs> wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong hey, podcast. People will understand it though. What? People will understand what I mean. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen Star Wars. No, I'm kidding. Star Wars. <laughs> the um, did you see the Mr. Beard? The what? The Mr. Beard. Isn't that what you use? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it's like they had these little K-cups of different beard styles. Oh, my God. And you put them in the machine, and then you place your face into it. (laughs) And then you come back, and then you have an instant beard mustache. Uh, May 23rd to 24th at 8 p.m. at Symphony Hall in Boston, Leonard Nimoy will host two performances of Out of This World with Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah. It's in please, Boston. Please tell me you guys are going to that. I'd love to. Uh, we'll see, maybe, possibly. Depends on how much it is. Let's see for ticket information. Let's do this. The tickets range from $24 oh, to $94. That's really bad. So $24 will probably get you into the nosebleed section. <laughs> yeah, we we need the binoculars. Let's see here. I have binoculars. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the $24 ticket. You're all the way in the back. Yeah. yeah. You're at the top, right? <laughs> yeah, the second balcony all the way in the back. I've been there before on the second balcony. It's not that bad. You can still hear everything the same. So we talked about uh, Cosmos in our last episode as well. Did you guys see the last episode of Cosmos? I'm trying to catch up on I it. I did. I haven't. So... In this most recent episode, Patrick Stewart voiced William Herschel in an animated segment of the Cosmos. Yep. So we have a link in the show notes. I believe the link has the actual segment uh, from Hulu uh, posted right in there if you guys want to take a look at it. And you can tell it's, you know, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Well, his voice is undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Star Trek Continues released a teaser image for yep. its next episode. Ooh. The episode will have something to do with the Mirror Universe. Yeah, because they got the big Mirror yeah. Universe logo. Yeah. yeah. And the logo's red mm. for I like death. It. I like how they did it. <laughs> I, I like how the uh, Mirror Universe insignia uh, makes the eye and continues. Yes. Oh. Otherwise, it would be content news. <laughs> Star Trek Kant news. And this was posted on uh, April Fool's Day. So some people were posting, hey, this better be real. <laughs> they, they actually confirmed it was real. They did. They yes. said it was no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I'm excited cool. for this because it'll almost be a sequel to Mirror Mirror. Right, exactly. Yeah. And plus, I want to see a Vic Mignogna um, all crazy as Crazy Kirk. Oh, lordy. I wonder if they'll do a Mirror Universe episode like Enterprise did and have it completely in the Mirror Universe, or if they'll oh. have a if, or if they'll have a mix. So that would be cool. I, I kind of hope they do do that. Me too. Yes. Sounds good. Yes, indeed. I can't wait for the costumes. There should be some interesting costumes. <laughs> oh, Ma- oh, mainly oh, mainly because I want to see Michelle Specht in one of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my lady costumes. What? Have any of you guys seen uh, or remember watching? Because it's been so long ago. But Starship Exeter. Does anyone remember that? Um, not really. I don't remember Tuesday. So the. <laughs> 
Well, it was about a. It's. It was supposed to be, I believe, a four-part series, where they released four sections of one episode. Yeah. The four. Well, the last section hasn't been released, so it's the long-awaited final act in the episode, which the act prior to this, I believe, was released in two thousand five. What? So it's been nine years. Yeah, nine nine years uh, since it's been released. Finally. That's insane. You have a different you have a different uh, crew because they're all dead. Uh, no. Well, it was filmed. I guess from what I was reading, there was just some like you know editing and stuff that just. Well, they filmed all of it at once and. Yeah, it just didn't get yeah. done for one reason or another. <laughs> for nine years. You know, well, I'm I mean, it's independent. You know, I could do it at some point, but I'm gonna wait five, nine, ten, maybe eleven years. You know. Uh, well, I mean, did you guys? Remember watching it at all? I've n- I've never watched it. Never watched it. There's an Andorian in it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so you'll like that. But I remember liking Exeter, uh, Starship yeah. Exeter, when it came out. Let's see, 2005. I got married then. Uh, yeah, pretty much a blur from then to now. Yeah, it, a lot has happened in those nine years for myself as well. I would have to rewatch the whole thing before I could watch it because I would have no idea what's going on. Of course you wouldn't. It's been nine years. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, the final tally of the Star Trek Axonar Kickstarter it's reached $101,171 with 2,123 backers. That is awesome. Which that is, is ten times their original amount. I'm absolutely thrilled that XNR is being so successful right now. Today they just announced the lady who played uh, Ellen Ty in Battlestar Galactica. She will be she will be the female captain in XNR. She'll be a female captain. So they got her and her and the husband from it too. Yeah, because wow. he's gonna he's gonna be playing Robert April, but she's playing a completely different um, captain character. Yeah. That's nice. So moving on to the next segment of the show, would you buy it? Now I'm just going to say right now, yes, because I already saw it. I am going to buy it. Oh, yeah. I'm getting this. I'm getting casted on this stuff. <laughs> I would. So Where three yeses you know? and a and no. <laughs> we'll be talking about Warnog. Warnog. Officially <laughs> licensed beer with Klingon branding. Yes. It's supposed to be available for sale starting at the end of last month. I don't know where it's going to be distributed. What? Check your liquor stores. Well, I don't know what liquor stores are selling this. First, I was oh my gosh. You know, Warnog is an actual thing. Yes. From Star Trek? Yes. Yeah, it's a Klingon yeah. traditional beer. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. It was in the episode Rightful Air. Hope to eventually try this someday. It says this version of Warnog is planned to be of the German Dunkelweizen style, whatever that is. Dunkelweizen, I believe, is like a Hefeweizen, um, so it's more wheat, wheatish, you know, a white, kind of a white beer, but... It says a modern aroma of predominantly mild banana and clove. <laughs> yeah, because that reminds me of... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. 
<laughs> whenever Worf is walking around. Like, Sounds like bananas and cloves. Mm, bananas. But I love cloves, actually. Cloves where it's at. Did you see Picard in his, in his ready room saying, Mr. Worf, you have a, an unbelievable bouquet. <laughs> I, I I don't want him to ever say that. <laughs> it's horrible. This beer is made by the same people that made the Vulcan Ale, huh? I, I never had, had that Vulcan either. Ale. Yeah, I, I'm on the website right now. It's called Federation uh, of Beer. That's boring. That sounds nothing like Warnog. <laughs> no, that's Federation of Beer. Yes, yeah, the company. Oh. I don't know. I, I never really... They, I wonder if they just make novelty beers. They could. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, there's a lot of those. I mean, I a few weeks ago, I had one that was like this 8-bit beer, like mm. video game beer, so... Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it's basically like the design of the can was pretty much the only thing that <laughs> right. was awesome about it. <laughs> How did it taste? Bad. <laughs> 8 bits. So, moving on to the topic of the show... In honor of First Contact Day, which will be April the 5th, uh, we will cover some of the first contacts in Star Trek history. On our show notes, we will have a list from Memory Alpha that you can click on and you can see all of the first contacts that have been listed. In all of Star Trek. It's a huge list. Woohoo. It's a huge (laughs) list. (laughs) Uh, so maybe so, we'll go over some facts about first contacts here? Yes. Yes. So in Nemesis, it was mentioned that Captain Picard represented the Federation during first contacts with 27 different alien races. That's a lot. That is a lot. I wonder if that's all with the Enterprise or if he did any diplomatic duties on the uh, Stargazer. I would have to assume that the majority of them are from the Enterprise. Right. Just because that was their whole mission, to go farther than they have before. Right, because the Stargazer doesn't really look very diplomatic. No, it was was more of a scientific vessel. Right. Mm -hmm. And the USS Voyager made the most first contact since James Tiberius Kirk during his journey through the unexplored Delta Quadrant from 2371 to 2378. Which makes sense because the whole... It's like every time they came across an alien race, it was a first contact. It was stated in the Voyager episode In the Flesh that Starfleet Command Instruction Directive 010 stated that before engaging alien species in battle, any and all attempts to make first contact and achieve non-military resolution must be made. In the flesh. Is that one with 8472? Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. That was when 8472 was disguised as the Starfleet. They had their yes. that Starfleet holographic ship. Where they had the Booth, Boothby? Exactly. Boothby, and they were trying to train that, that like human infiltration. Right. That was a good episode. It was a really good episode. Voyager had a lot of those, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Shut up. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you were going to. I was thinking it. I didn't say it. <laughs> so, occasionally, official first contact takes place years or even decades after members of the species involved have first met. Typically, first contact is only initiated by the Federation if a civilization is sufficiently advanced and has developed interstellar travel 
uh, warp travel, for example. Uh, contact with more primitive civilizations prohibited by the Prime Directive. It's been stated that the preferred method is to privately approach scientists and intellectual leaders to make the initial contact on the assumption that they would more easily grasp the concept of alien life. That's why I think if aliens are going to come to Earth, they're going to contact Neil deGrasse Tyson first. <laughs> Possibly. I would. Or maybe, well, Stephen Hawking is kind of anti-aliens. Yeah. He thinks they're going to kill us all. Which, I mean, well, listening to his arguments... It's a possibility. There's That's a huge possibility. Because we're going to be like nothing to an alien species. Right. So, anyways. I hope they like us. So what are some uh, good first contacts? Vulcan. Whoa! <laughs> so Vulcans were the first alien species that humans made contact with. Officially. 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 There was an episode in DS9. Little Green Men. Exactly, where some Ferengi crash landed in Roswell, New Mexico. What? But that, wouldn't, that technically wouldn't be Starfleet. A human. But it's still it's still first contact. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but they wouldn't tell anybody about it. Right. No, but it's like the... Yeah, they wouldn't go out in public, hey, look yeah. what we got. We found aliens. These huge, eared... Weather balloons. That one must be the female. <laughs> <laughs> if you watched the episode, I, I'll have to show her the episode. It's uh, a funny episode. Yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. Because both sides have, like, this funny way of seeing how they interpret each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we uh, we saw Vulcan First Contact in the movie Star Trek First Contact. Say what? It was, there was a whole movie based on First Contact? Well, mainly yeah. the board, <laughs> but yeah, First Contact, they snuck it in there at the end. I know. Yeah. So I it was, it's kind of like a paradox, basically, what the movie is. Is in order for us to have initiated first contact, the Enterprise E would have had to go back in time to stop the Borg from stopping first contact. Yeah, it's like a predetermined paradox, like yep. a self-determinated paradox. The Borg would have been the first contact, and then nothing would have existed. Right. The <laughs> Earth would have been assimilated. They probably would have moved to Vulcan. Mm -hmm. Probably most of the upper quadrant would be... Yeah. And I think... Um, I think this is where the Federation kind of gets their rule about making first contact with um, only warp-capable species because that was pretty much the Vulcan principle. Mm -hmm. They said that humans were too primitive otherwise. Yes. So that means Vulcans knew about us for a long time. It's just they didn't care because we were, you know, on a backwaters planet where, you know, we don't even know how to fly in space. Right. So the next one on our list is Andorians, which is my favorite. And in the Andorian incident in Enterprise, while the first initial first contact was bad because the Andorians essentially kept uh, the humans hostage in the Pajam Monastery, mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of the episode, Archer allowed the Andorians to leave with proof of the Vulcan listening post. So even though this strained human and Vulcan relations, human. as a result, Archer and Shran began to trust each other and become friends over the years of the series, and eventually that led to the Coalition of Planets. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
I was so excited about that episode when it first came out. Yeah. When I saw the promo for it, I'm like, oh my god, Endorians. Here's the thing. I've said this before, too, a long time ago, probably, but I like the guy that played him. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Combs. He's one of the best Star Trek actors, too. He uses him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I was having trouble with was finding good first contacts, because obviously for good storylines, you need kind of like... You need conflict. Conflict. Uh, so going through it, the only one that popped in my head was Vulcan first contact. Mm. Well, in the in the mirror universe, we saw how that first contact didn't go so well. Yeah, not for the Vulcans. Right. <laughs> Great for us. Right. Uh, the next one was the Zerillians from Enterprise uh, Unexpected. This is the this is the episode where they find the Zerillian ship in their warp trail wake, and. You know, they have that misunderstanding, but then they have this cultural exchange, and Trip helps them repair their engines, and he unexpectedly gets pregnant. Yeah, so I, it was kind of weird because the female Zerillion was showing him the holodeck like technology, mm-hmm. and there was these crystals where they put their hands in, and from that, I guess they exchanged some DNA, and... His it was like his arm. There was like a growth on his. Was it his arm? Yeah, it was his arm. Yeah, and and then there was like a. Yeah, they had to find him again. But I think while I think that was like a weird first contact, but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It, it was cool because humans were first exposed to some pretty advanced technology through that first contact. Right, and it's kind of Hope. weird that the Klingons end up getting this holodeck technology. And oh, that's you, right. Yeah, and then you never see the holodeck again until the next generation. Although you do see it in the animated series. Yeah. Yeah. And Star Trek Continues had that bit where they had the holodeck technology. Right. I don't think the Klingons, even though they got it, I really don't think that they would really use it that much. Mm-hmm. Moving on, another Enterprise <laughs> first contact was from the episode Civilization. It was significant in the fact that it was the first human-initiated first contact. Hmm. And despite Vulcan advice not to contact the primitive Akali homeworld, Captain Archer took a landing party to the surface, and in doing so, they uncovered a covert mining operation by another species, the Malurians, which eventually would get wiped out by Nomad in the original series. Mm-hmm. What is a Malurian? They're kind of like a lizard-looking species. They're like reptilian, and they've got scales, and it's kind of crazy. But it was it was a good it was a good episode. I'll have because, to. This will be up to be one that I rewatch. Yeah, because they actually, if I remember it correctly, they kind of went undercover. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Right. So this was a pre-warp species. Yeah. Yes. But they were being taken advantage of by a spacefaring species, which are the Malarians. The Enterprise didn't know that at the time. Exactly. They uncovered the plot. Hmm. wonder if the Vulcans knew about it. Well, hmm. they are at the time. You mean if they knew about the mining operation? Yeah, them being, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, used, basically. I wonder. I feel like the Vulcans would just let it happen. Yeah, because they don't get involved. 
Yes, yeah, so kind of like non-interference, even though and, another species is interfering. That Archer would get involved. That's why they said not to go. Right, right. Because they knew what he would do. Troublemaker? So next, <laughs> the Tamarian, who were first seen in Darmok. Now, this is an interesting first contact. Yes. Because you have no idea what's going their intentions when they basically kidnap Captain Picard and transport to the surface and then block the transporters. And talk and babble. Yeah, they have a very unique way of communicating in, um, like, metaphors. Luckily, they were all in English. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Did you notice how the Universal Translator just learns new species languages like that? Wow, it's like, it's like a the- science fiction show <laughs> or something. Well, I'm sure they they weren't unknown because they did have them in their database. Right. So I'm sure yeah. some species that they've encountered knew of them. Maybe they were absorbed into the Federation and gave them that data. All I remember in the in the, the speech was something about Jalad and Denegra. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that, that was one of the metaphors that they yeah. were using, but... Yeah. I mean, you can assume that the translator did the English translation, but yeah, because there's no context of the story. Well, what I would have loved is if Picard goes, yeah, well, two can play at this. He pulls out Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what I mean, That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to relate. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting. They end up... Uh, Becoming friends. Spoiler, the uh, captain of the uh, Tamarian ship gets killed in the episode, uh, but Picard is able, once he is transported back onto Enterprise, uh, converse with the Tamarian ship and let them know what happens. So this is a, a highly regarded episode. Yes. Star Trek The Next Generation. I highly regard it. Indeed. I regard it highly. highly. And it's the, an episode that has the Captain Picard alternative uniform on, which yeah. we discussed. I love that uniform. In the last episode. Actually, Marty, you should have been here because we talked about um, Anobos selling that uniform. Yeah, they have it up for pre order. But it, it doesn't come with the gray shirt underneath. Doesn't? No. No. See, I knew I knew Marty wouldn't like that. What's the use of it? What's the use of it then? Exactly. That, that's <laughs> why it was get a no your box. own gray shirt. But it's not that gray shirt. Thing. is like a special color and a special like make. Yes, thank you. See, Mar- Marty knows what's up. True that. He's got my back. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next up, we have the Malcorians from the episode. First Contact. Not the movie, First Contact. But First Contact, The Next Generation, is actually a very interesting episode. It is. Uh, An injured Commander Riker, during a reconnaissance mission, threatens the prospects for First Contact with a culture on the verge of warp travel. And this is another, like, weird thing where you kind of see it again and again in the Federation where they'll kind of spy on these pre-warp yep. civilizations to see what's going on. Yeah, we learn that more and more as they, they spy on people. And it's not that they don't, they, it kind of, they don't interfere, but it's, they're there anyways. Well, and we saw that the most, the prime example of that was in Insurrection. Insurrection, yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole beginning when the movie started, you were like, wow. Like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and there's also... Uh, 
an episode of the Next Generation with a proto Vulcan species. Yes. Where they also have that duck blind, and they're kind of spying on these on these guys. That are nowhere near warp technology. They're not well, pre-warp. They're nowhere near warp. But see, the thing is, the Federation is still a scientific organization. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they would want to study how cultures develop on different levels of technological scale. Yeah. From a purely scientific point how of view. How fast they go from one point to another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I would just think that they would be afraid of risking cultural contamination. I'm afraid as, as long as they, you know, don't screw it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> Which afraid. Which seems like it happens more often than not. From what we've seen because of because of conflict, we need the conflict yes, for the story. Yes, we need the conflict. It'd be a pretty boring episode if they're like, oh yeah, this first contact's going really well. Yeah. And Nothing's going to happen here. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was interesting about this episode, First Contact, was the... Malcorians declined the offer for first contact because they wanted more time to be prepared. To develop, yeah. Which I thought was a very like mature response. It showed that their race had promise. It's something that you don't see, though. We always see when it goes, oh, okay, we'll have first contact. Either right. it ends up being bad, good, but it ends up happening. And in this case, they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's kind of like alien conspiracy theories that we have now. I'm not right. saying they're real, you mean but they're true. But I'm saying that people have the these mind. ideas that the government knows that aliens have come in contact with them, but they're not releasing it to the public because they don't know what the public will do. Yeah. And it's sort of similar to what happens in this episode. So yeah. what about when a first contact goes bad? We have a lot more examples of that. Oh, I know. <laughs> Bada boom. It is Klingons, but I don't think they're bad. Not all of them. Worf isn't bad. Well, no, but the first contact situation yeah. was bad. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, the guy running from the farm. And <laughs> he gets shot with a plasma rifle. Yeah. That was actually That's pretty cool. That's not bad. That was a cool scene, <laughs> I thought. Not bad, but it's not good either. <laughs> True. <laughs> he almost ends up dying. I wouldn't say this is a bad first contact, though, because the Enterprise is able to deliver the Klingon, and I forgot his name, but they're able to transport him safely back to the Klingon Empire and expose the plot that the Suliban were trying to do whatever. (laughs) I forgot. That's another bad... That was a bad first contact. Yeah. But it does fit the description that the first contact for Klingons was quote-unquote disastrous. Yeah. Because it was pretty bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we shoot a Klingon, he almost dies, mm-hmm. and it, it, it could have ended up really worse than it did. And it almost did, if Archer hadn't gotten involved. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more in my uh, Quantum State of Flux. Ooh. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. Uh, so next we have the Gorn from the original series, episode Arena. Yes. Yes, they're just lovely, lovely species. <laughs> My favorite captain almost gets killed by it. Your that's true. Captain? Did you see this episode? I don't think so, but no. I seem like <laughs> I've seen. I've like... seen a lot of clips. <laughs> I do have the Hallmark ornament that has the scene enacted. Yes. 
The first contact with the Gorn occurred in 2267 when they attacked the Federation colony on Cestus III. The Gorn say saw <laughs> the Gorn saw the strike as a preemptive move since they regarded that system as part of their territory, which we didn't know. Exactly. Wow. So it's an interesting episode. But it's also a test in a way because we made first contact with another species during the episode. The um, wasn't it the Metrons. They had like powers, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they were the ones that were monitoring this, and Kirk's like, "I'm not going to kill him for your sick game." Right. And it's like, "Ooh, you've displayed the trait of mercy." How evolved of you. Yeah. So it's like they were judging us for first contact. Mm. So that's the other side of the coin. They have powers like, say, Q or... Yeah, I mean, they were able to, like, like go boop and transport Kirk onto the planet. Yep. And they said that they created that planetoid for... Just that reason, right? For that reason, to test the Gorn captain and Kirk. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is if the Gorn killed Kirk, would they have brought Kirk back? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Would it have died then? Would, if, who, like, well... Would the Gorn have Would they have killed the Gorn? Is that what you're saying? If 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 the Gorn killed Kirk, are you saying the Metrons would eliminate the Gorn captain? Yeah. Probably. Oh. You're not worthy. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> They're not worthy, Zap. So the makeup for the Gorn in the original series was a little weird, but it's basically a, uh, the Gorn was just a reptilian headpiece body and scantily clad shiny Ooh, clothes. hello. <laughs> well, yeah. no, what? A muscular reptilian uh, species. So, yeah, it was a human-sized Godzilla. The same chest piece that they used for Khan in... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in The Wrath of Khan. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding. I thought it was a April little green. <laughs> The next bad encounter. This is horrible. Yeah. Borg. Q. Yeah, the Borg, which we first officially encountered them in the next Yeah, o- officially, because because of the events in First Contact, they were in Enterprise, too. Yeah. In the episode Regeneration. Right, and they were in Voyager episode Raven. Yes. Before the events of Q. Because Seven of Nine's parents were investigating the rumors of the Borg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the first official encounter was Hugh Who, which was pretty disastrous because if Q didn't pull us out of there, we probably would have been destroyed, we being the Enterprise D. I didn't know. Yeah, not us. I, I yeah. wasn't there for that. Yeah, I wasn't part of I wasn't even around, I don't think. What, like, alive? That weekend. <laughs> that, that weekend. <laughs> that weekend. I was on Ryza that weekend. Sorry, guys. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> but it was, even though, you know, Q pulled them out or whatever, it was still pretty disastrous for the Enterprise. They got a huge hole cut in the saucer. I love that scene, cool. though, when they pulled it out. Yeah. That scene and that, and that, that model that they used. Yeah, the cross-sections. Yeah. That was really cool. Had, like people falling out of that section, like. <laughs> well, I think they said that there was a few people that died. Yeah, right. Because of that, so. But did you notice they never do that again? Well, they cut into the hull. This is not a hull anymore. They they cut they cut into the hull in um, Best of Both Worlds. 
but that's the only other time I remember them cutting into the hall. I think they did it, though, just because they basically were, like, taking a core sample of their technology. Yeah, biopsy. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Right, yeah. And we see the regenerative properties of the Borg ship. Yep. Which is pretty epic. Uh, the Borg kept on going faster and faster and faster to catch up with the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. That was pretty crazy. I remember this episode. Did they even talk about transwarp drive, the transwarp conduits at that point? No. 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 But they it, they didn't use any conduits. They were just, like... They just got really fast. Getting They're really going fast. at ludicrous speed. <laughs> yeah, interesting. If Q, like I said, if Q didn't take the Enterprise out of the situation that he put them in, the Enterprise would have been destroyed. But he also caused the chain of uh, things to happen. He got them to their area faster. That's right. true. Right, so once once the board knew of the Federation and their technology, they wanted to wanted to assimilate it, so they wanted to come to the Alpha Quadrant. Well, they were already in the Alpha Quadrant, weren't they? Yes. No. No. Was that the Delta at that point? That was the Delta because no, Q, not, but they yeah. were. Q took them to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. The Romulan bases that were destroyed. Along in, in Federation bases along the neutral zone were caused by the Borg. That was in Best of Both Worlds. No, 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 no. That was in... Yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. It was in oh, like, the first season. No, it wasn't. Shut up. No, it was. I swear to God. <laughs> swear to God. They, nope. uh, they didn't say it was the Borg, but it was the Borg. Oh. Uh, some kind of Swedish people. They were alluding to... Like, they were building up to the fact um, that the species... No, it's. I swear, look it up. Look it up, I swear. Another bad encounter was uh, Q, uh, encounter at Farpoint. Well, here's a question, though. Is it really a bad... Was it really bad? I don't think it... I mean, it, it could be bad from our perspective, but Q was really testing us. Mm-hmm. Right. He was basically yeah. delivering a message like, you guys better make sure you're ready. Wake up. Yeah. Or you won't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's kind of bad when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it takes a liking to Picard so much that I think actually in the end he forced them in a certain way, instead of just being like in part, you know, impartial. He wasn't impartial in best. All good things. Sorry. All good things. Oh, okay. Best of all for us. All good things. Oh, okay. You're you're right, uh, Aaron. Uh huh. The it was in the finale of the first season, The Neutral Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing. The, uh, Kazan. What? Oh, the Kazan. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, you're awesome because you don't know Star Trek. You're the best. I'm oh. trying. I know you're trying. The Kazan. Oh. What did she say? Kazan. Which sounds like a magician. Kazan. I am the mighty Kazan. Kazan. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Are you should talk about the Kardashians. What's going on? Kim Kardashian. What? <laughs> they were a nomadic people. Yes. Klingons of the Delta Quadrant. No, they tried to be, but they weren't. No, they failed at being it. Although the makeup was um kind of similar. Yeah. Weirdly similar. Yeah, they had they had butts on their foreheads. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And then they, their hair was weird. Yeah, the hairstyles were weird. But I mean, yeah. Your hair is kind of like, weird. Right that? Yeah. At least they don't have butts as chins. I don't like the butt chins. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Balchinians? <laughs> the Balchinians. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Actually, actually, I totally, actually, I totally agree with you. I don't like butt chins either. <laughs> Thank God, Aaron does not have one. Thank God. The dimple, the dimple in the chin. Hello, oh, I've got God, the butt. I can't chin. deal yeah. with it. It doesn't look nice. Right. Just so the just dog. just just watch that the first alien species that comes to Earth has like a massive butt chin. <laughs> Ashley's just going to lose it. Your name is the Kazan. Kazan. So we first see the Kazan in the episode Caretaker, the premiere episode of Star Trek Voyager. I missed it. What? You never watched it? No. Yeah, they're dicks. We can say that. Yeah, yeah. They're very territorial. If you notice, they're all different types too. Yeah, they yes, have they have tribes. they have different yeah tribes. Yeah, yeah. like the Kazon Ogla, yeah. um, the Kazon Nistrum, and others. And others. <laughs> those, are the only two, those are the only two I know off the top of my head. Yeah, the, they're the most prominent. The idea of the Kazon, I think, was good. I just think it was it was executed poorly. We can yeah. we can say that. Right, uh, but I thought I thought the concept was very good. Yeah, um, and. The one thing about the Kazon was they really liked to enslave people. Yes. Like they they had a slave labor. Yep. Uh, which was the trade that because they conquered their homeworld and they were trying to conquer um, the Okampa, which is Kess's species. Mm-hmm. So which that was interesting first contact as well with the Okampa. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you would say that was good or bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, people well, because were because the huh? people were taken, but that was because of the caretaker, not because of the Okampa. Right, and the but the caretaker was also providing the Okampa um, substance and energy, mm-hmm. and then Janeway destroyed the caretaker. Yeah. Oh well. So I then didn't work out well for the Okampa. Well, we we don't know. That means they basically had to fend for themselves at that point, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that'd be interesting to go back to see how they're doing. Well, that's um, that's one of the things that they're trying to do in the Voyager relaunch novels because they've got that fleet that's going back to the Delta Quadrant. Right. So that'd be interesting to see if the novel or the novels go back to the Okampa homeworld. I think that would be interesting. Be tracing back to where they started from, so the right. beginning of their journey. That would be a long ways. Yeah, but again, in the novels at this time, now they all have slipstream technology. Oh, okay. Make it a little easier. Exactly. But yeah, the Kazon were jerks. Yeah. And they had, like, energy weapons, and obviously they had warp drive and stuff, Mm -hmm. but they weren't as technologically advanced. Mm -hmm. They were amazed at replicator technology and and shields. They seem a little dumb. Well... The whole area that Voyager first started in, there was a lot of, like, not as technologically advanced species. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which could be the reason why we don't really see the Borg that much in that sector, or that section of the Delta Quadrant. Exactly. Because why would they assimilate those people? Right. Those are uh, good points. the whole key to not being attacked by the Borg. Be stupid. <laughs> 
Duh. So, like humans, like why? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, folks? Forget it. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, Willie. <laughs> I'm a human, duh. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Uh, so next, uh, the Vorta and the Dominion, I guess, changelings. Yeah. Yeah, but since the Vorta are the face of the Dominion, mm-hmm. we actually first contacted them first. Right. And that was kind of like a two-faced kind of encounter, right? Yeah. If I recall correctly. Yes. But the Ferengi were the first Alpha Quadrant species to learn about the existence of the Dominion which was achieved through business dealings with a Gamma Quadrant race called the Dosi. The Federation then heard more about the Dominion when Skarin refugees came through the Bajoran wormhole. Having escaped when the Dominion had conquered the Skarin's oppressors, Tivergorans, following the Skarin exodus, Odo and Dax later learned that the Dominion conquered the Yadarans in 2340. The first official contact between the Federation and the Dominion came in 2370 when Cisco and Quark were taken prisoner on a planet in the Gamma yep. Quadrant by the Jem Hadar. So, so there. Boom. So the Vorda are. We learn later on that they're genetically engineered by the Changelings. They were um, they were um, apes, right? That's what they ape, referred. Yeah, they were like an ape-like yeah. species. Primates. Right. And then they they don't really have a, a good sense of taste because why give them a good t- sense of taste, right? Yeah, I mean they were bred basically to be the ultimate like diplomat slash jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like the Jem'Hadar were genetically engineered to be a fighting force. Yep. Yeah, so they really had no strong emotions and. But the Vorta really, I mean, they believe that the the uh, what do you call it? The founders. Yeah, they were gods. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, programmed into them. Yeah. Well, just just like the Jem Hadar as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when we first meet the Vorta, did they have like special telekinetic powers that kind of like? Yes. Know? Did they? I remember them having some something. Yeah, and... there there were. I think. There's that female Vorta that I remember that had, like, the psychic right. type of powers. And so that, then they that kind of, like, went away yeah. over time. They kind of backed off of that. But uh, m- maybe maybe just certain members of the Vorta have that. That's true. Ability. It could be just the female members, because we see more male members than female members. I bet you see a lot of male members. Um, <laughs> oh. Do you guys remember what number, uh, how many of uh, Wayun they made. Was it seven? I think it was like seven or eight, yeah. And that was oh, yeah. the last one when they killed the last one? Yeah. That's right. I forgot they, they cloned individual yeah. uh, members. Mm-hmm. That, that just became hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And that, that same actor there, Jeffrey... Uh, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Really talented actor. I like him. Do you know yeah, what else? He's excellent. The only other thing I can remember him being in is I still know what you did last summer. Well, he was um, in Reanimator. He's in a lot of horror films. Yeah, yeah. He's primarily known for his horror film acting. Because I see him all, or I hear about him all the time at these horror conventions. He was at the one here in Chicago last year, but I wasn't able to go. You like? I still want to meet him. He's he's one of my favorite Star Trek actors. You like horror? Uh, not really. 
But usually at those conventions, they have actors that have been in a lot of like genre type of films. Yeah. Yeah, because they do group kind of sci-fi horror together in a lot of places. Yeah. Just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Speaking of weird, I included like we've got the good, the bad, and the weird because I thought this first contact was really strange. And you guys might remember this because this is considered one of the probably worst end of the Deep Space Nine episodes uh, from the episode Move Along Home. So a Vulcan ship traveling through the Gamma Quadrant encountered the Wadi initiating first contact. An official meeting was developed in 2369 between the Wadi and the Federation of Planets, with the meeting to occur in Deep Space Nine. The Wadi starship, with their representative Phalo, arrived at the station, marking the first Gamma Quadrant delegation to arrive in the Alpha Quadrant. Hmm. Commander Benjamin Sisko led the contact. However, Fallow and his crew were more interested in the gaming available in the Alpha Quadrant rather than an official meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's where they put him into that virtual reality game, yep. put their lives on the line, mm-hmm. and Sisko got really pissed off at him. But in the end, they're just like, oh, it's a game. and So that, that was a really weird first contact. Interesting. I think I put that on my memory. <laughs> It was it was kind of a bad episode. Not a lot of people liked that one. Was it I early think, on? Huh? Was it early on? Oh yeah, this was like first season. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of bad episodes in the first couple of seasons. But I thought that was a weird one that even though they set up first contact, that this species was more interested in games than actual political yeah, advancement. Weird. Uh I it could just be a cultural thing. Yeah. But, I mean if they're coming to the station for a political reason, it doesn't make sense for them to then go, oh, I'm going to go game. Mm. <laughs> Although it does remind me of a Next Generation episode. I'm not quite sure if it was the first contact, but there were these aliens that were assigned to different people, and then they uh, tried different, um, I guess, emotions. Like, there's one that was... Oh, I remember that. And he was trying to be aggressive, and then one with Troy, and he was kind of like, oh, I want to try all these chocolates and all this other stuff. And that that was kind of a weird... I'm not sure if it was the first contact, but that was kind of a weird interaction. It was a weird cultural exchange. Right. That was an interesting episode as well. But pretty much any time in Star Trek when they come across a new race, that's basically a first contact. Right. And, uh, I mean, Captain Picard, like you said, what, was 27? Right. And we saw her a bunch in The Next Generation. Right. So, and, oh, and there was that one in Insurrection where... Yes, they they had the delegation mm-hmm. uh, with the very short aliens. I was going to put them in this list. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of a funny first... Weren't they blue? No, they, they were kind of aquatic. They had, like, the little... Um, yeah. Like flappy gill things, and she's and it was a female delegation, and there's kind of that awkward moment where he's like, "Oh, we have a dance," and she's like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to it," because but she'd pretty much be at Picard's crotch level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that was the implied joke, anyways. Right, and like <laughs> she on. she put this thing on his head, on his head. which was yeah, and he cool. said. I, I remember it because he's like, oh, you cheem chafor, which is their greeting. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Picard had to do that a lot where he had to not use the universal translator and had to speak 
uh, a foreign tongue. Yeah. Yes. Is that the first time you saw the uh, dress uniform, the new one? Yes, from yeah. For, from yeah, insurrection. Ones, yeah. Yeah. The tuxedos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of our list. If you had a favorite first contact and we didn't mention it, uh, too bad. Um, <laughs> or let us oh, know. <laughs> oh, or let us know. Uh, well, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> let us know and. Uh, You're a jerk. <laughs> On to our next segment, the subspace channels, and we got quite a few responses this week. Can I can I take the um, Facebook questions? <laughs> you can take the Facebook questions. Uh, Ashley, do you want to read? Yeah, the subspace channels question is: If you could make first contact with alien species, what would you say? Dun dun dun. <laughs> So, from Twitter, we have at Jeffastar, who says, would you like a cup of tea? LOL. Star Trek. But would he say, or she say, LOL, or would she just laugh? (laughs) Like laugh in their face. Would you like a cup of tea? (laughs) 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 Or, or... Would you like a cup of tea? LOL. They'd be like, huh? Hashtag Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) We got a number of responses from Facebook. What was the number? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Rose Gallo Lefebvre. Is that any relation to... That's my mom. Oh. Well, welcome to the podcast. Hello, mom. (laughs) She, She would say, what's up? LOL. Is she going to laugh in his face? What's up? (laughs) First contact. (laughs) Uh, Next next we have Lisa Clark. Said, hi, I'm Lisa, and you are... And then the aliens would probably go... (laughs) Exactly. Right? (laughs) Wow, or that. That way too well, Marty. Maybe he is an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have Kyle Mooney from the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Mm -hmm. He said, walk right up to them and take a deep breath and say, it's peanut butter (laughs) jelly time, peanut butter jelly time. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Now, there you go. There you go. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. And then, bzzz, laser pistol. So I guess the aliens would get annoyed by him and he'd get fried. (laughs) And then eat him. Uh-oh. Crunchy. <laughs> Next we have Dave Segru, who said, leave now and take me with you, LOL. <laughs> Again, will he laugh in his face? <laughs> Nikki McDonough said, I would ask about religion, God, heaven and hell, angels, and if any of this is the same with them or whatever they believe. Ashley Wong, I don't know who she is. I don't know either. Wong with this one. Uh, and you would say, hello, take me to your leader. But after a hello. long pause, no. after a long pause of hello, then I would say, take me to your leader. But isn't that what aliens are supposed to say to us? I don't know. But we are aliens to them. Yeah. I'm confused. Why can't it go the other way? Let me see your captain. Are we talking about <laughs> talking about Star Trek now? Darmok. 
Um, <laughs> next, Nat Allen said, "Nice ride, LOL." <laughs> laughing in their faces. <laughs> right? I think aliens are gonna hate us when they get here. They're like, "Why are they laughing at us?" <laughs> I know, right? Nice ride. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. I laugh. Winnie Mann said, "Jing Jing," whilst throwing up the Asian peace sign. I thought uh, when I heard when while throwing up, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the aliens would take that as the standard greeting, so then they'd puke every time they see us. That's horrible. Uh, Matt Renfro, also of the Four Eyed Radio Network, said, "I'd probably say, holy sh, no f- way," and then LOL. <laughs> This is a lot of LOLing. Yeah, right? I guess and then, everyone is laughing in their face. And then Johan Smedbaka said, Earl Grey hot? Question mark? You don't need to say the question mark. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I did a pretty good inflection of a question. Earl Grey hot? You know, I was going to put in on that on Facebook today. Where are you now? But I didn't do it because I didn't think you'd understand what I was going to say. You know what I was going to say? I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Okay. Did you get that? No. Yeah. I didn't get it. Okay. I'm sorry. I've disappointed you. <sighs> Marty, do you want to take the uh, Google yeah. Plus question answers? So this would be Paolo Sambuki? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Do you want some food? Smiley face. How do you say smiley face? You could just smile. <laughs> that doesn't go over well in a podcast, though. Yeah. <laughs> we we have to mention that he would smile after he says this. Jacob Bridenbecker says, come back in 100 years, the human race still sucks. <laughs> I, I kind of like that one. Yeah. We're not ready yet. See you then. No. Um, the gentleman scholar says, "Run! There's more of my species coming." <laughs> I like that. Federico Cherisi, Cherisi. Okay, let's get you up to speed. To understand human civilization in this era, you will need to watch Jersey Shore's first season. <laughs> if you want to leave or attack us afterwards? I'll understand. Wow, that's a good one. It's horrible. I, I would never want them to watch that show. Rex yeah, Rivers. They, they probably are your interceptive transmission. Yeah. Rex oh, Rivers says, dear. I would ask if they had anybody named Calgon. <laughs> you get that? I don't get the reference. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. Take me away, Calgon. Have you ever heard that? No. It's an old commercial for women's hair. I think it was hair stuff. And it was called Calgon. And they would say, basically say, Calgon, take me away. Like to rel- you know, whatever. Look it up. So yeah, yeah it, if, if we don't get if we don't get it, the reference is too old for us. Uh, apparently. Okay, so Osvaldo Doderline or Line Doderline. Hi, I'm Earth's ambassador. Before our species can start official contact, you must ask a three. You must answer. Ask her. You must answer three questions. Standard protocol to validate a minimum level of civilization visitors. Once you have answered these three questions confidently uh, to me, I will take it to the UN for deliberation. The process is kind of slow, so you can return in 100 years. 
The question is This is complicated. Once, how can you unify quantum physics and gravity? Two, how to cure cancer, poverty, and hair loss? And three, can you predict next week's lottery results? Yes. Well, of all of them, I think three is the easiest to do. <laughs> okay, that's a good set of questions for it. Daniel Price says, you've come for the one called Justin Bieber, right? <laughs> but help us know. Take him away. Okay, so um, Dragika Rankovic says, I, for one, welcome you. Our new mi micro micro microbial overlords. Microbial? Are they that small? <laughs> okay, James Garman says, are you, uh, sorry, are your reproductive organs compatible? That's very, very, very important. That's what I want to know. Captain Kirk would ask that. Andrew Riley says, you take me for a ride. Uh, I'm leaving that open spaceship? for interpretation. <laughs> God. Uh, okay, so those are some really good questions. I mean, some really good answers to the question that we posed. So, Aaron? So... So. Yes, those were interesting uh, answers. Thank you, everyone, for responding. And we're sorry if we butchered any names. Respondez-vous along the way. I, I don't think we did. I think we got nailed all of them perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> this one, what's this name here? John. So, what puts my quantum state into flux? But you didn't even answer the question. What question? The question. We don't answer the question. What? We, we've done we've done it before. All right. Okay. So before we I told you what mine would be. All right. So uh, Eric. I would just say, hey, what's up? Hey, home slice. <laughs> um, I guess I would. Daddy Burns. Try to show that I understood mathematics. That's a very logical rule. Right. Very. That's a very easy answer right there. Yeah. Well. There's actually a whole article on out there. That what would what you have to do if you encounter an alien species, or otherwise it makes the human race look completely dumb. Mm -hmm. So there's like this whole like checklist of things that you have to do. It's to prove to them that we're, we're actually dumb. worthy. Yeah, that we're not dumb. Yeah. We don't want them to think we're dumb. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, basically, we're doomed. Apparently, that's what it seems like. If they don't do this on the first day... So, what puts my quantum state into flux? So, prior to the Enterprise premiere, it was generally inferred that first contact between the Federation and the Klingon Empire occurred in 2223. It has since been reckoned that the first contact occurred in 2151. Now, I'm generally okay with this change, though in dialogue and various episodes, it points to a more aggressive, hostile, what is probably a space battle, as uh, the first contact. Now, why? where was it stated? Why is it inferred that it's that particular date? Uh, well, they mentioned it on Memory Alpha. And in the, in the shows, the movies. In it was it comes from I think a line that Spock said in the Undiscovered Country. Uh, he didn't say the exact date, but he said like like seventy years ago. Yeah, seventy yeah. years ago. You referenced okay. it. So it kind of made people assume that first contact between the Klingons was on that date. And I think it's in the old versions of uh, Star Trek: The Encyclopedia. It has that as oh, the first contact 
with the Klingons. I thought you were going to say the Old Testament. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> the Old Testament. The Star Trek Old Testament. And then... And then... <laughs> And then they got blown out of the sky. To be or not Can to I be. Can I ask you a question, Aaron? Yeah. What is retconned? Yeah. Retconned is when, in a movie or episode, they change the events differently than when it was first originally So changing the... Made. Basically changing the canon. Yeah, they're changing the, the history of the events. Okay, I just never heard of it. So it's basically like... Making it up. Yeah, ret, uh, retroactive continuity. That's what it is. Retcon, okay. Yeah. Right. Obviously not that big of a deal. Right. That they changed First Contact. I mean, it was kind of a obscure line that Spock made, and then you just assume that's when First Contact was. And Plus 22-23, if you think about it, that's too close to the, to the original series and the movies. I would think they would be around much longer than that. Well, it's... It's 40 years before the original series. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were bad guys. I mean, they were... <laughs> bad, guys. bad guys. They They're bad, bad guys. guys. Yeah, they didn't like each other, obviously. I mean... They would smack each other. 40 years, <laughs> I think, would have been enough time to, you know, have had a, a relationship with another species. But now they made it 70 more years on yeah. top of that. <laughs> right. And I, I'm okay with it, I guess. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't care. Yeah, I, don't I, don't care. Care I think it's fine. Yeah. I really liked what Enterprise did in showing us early Klingons. Yeah. Early Klingons. I definitely liked... Uh, I didn't really like the first introduction to the Klingons that we had in the premiere. I, I didn't really like that episode, but no? the premiere episodes are kind of like that anyway because you have to, like... You know, get your footing, if if you will. You need something big. So, like the episodes with the augments, I thought were really good. The yeah, Klingons nice. and the augments, those were good. Um, and there were some other episodes with the Klingons, like the one we mentioned earlier when they got the holodeck technology. Yeah. I mean that I didn't really care. Well, about I I didn't like the Klingons in that episode because the one Klingon said, "Oh, I can see my house from here." It was like, really? Oh, from from the hall, the yeah, yeah. The I don't remember that. He said that. Yeah, that was so dumb. <laughs> Anyways, so that's that's what puts my quantum state into flux this week. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Aaron. You can find me at Nova Charter on Twitter. <laughs> I'm Ashley, and you can find me at Lil Cute Girl E6. That's L I L Cute C U T E G I R L. Eight six. On Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. W I. I'm Eric, also known as uh, TrekkieB47 on Twitter. I'm not going to spell it out. Little in the front of her yeah, handle get, might get people caught up. And I'm Marty, and you can actually find me on Twitter at CandidateMarty. Doesn't Even though sense. he never uses it. I never use it, but <laughs> you can find me there. <laughs> you, you can also find me at the Wilshire Theater on uh, Thursday, November 27th. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> so thanks. Uh, keep on trekking. We'll see you next time. Woohoo! Aw, yeah. Not enough woohoos in this episode. No. Woo! Let's make up for it now. Woohoo! All right, I'm going to use his saying then, Trekosaurus Rex. What? Oh, you say it with, you say it with such enthusiasm. <laughs> Trichosaurus Rex. Trichosaurus by Riker's beard. <laughs> by Riker's beard, I stab at thee. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com. This has been another great presentation by the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can find more information at foureyedradio.com.